Hello, I am Charlie Penn. And I am Corey Murray. And you're listening to... Yes, yes, girl! (laughs) Okay, guys, full disclosure. Technology, y'all. Technology, Charlie and I are on a particular platform because, hey, they need to be supporting us, all right? So we won't say what platform we're on. There you go. But we're waiting. We're like trying to sync up our yes girls. Which is really funny because it's like, do you see my lips? Do I see your lips? And there's probably like a two second delay. But anyway, welcome to Yes Girl. Welcome to Yes Girl. Today we're talking to singer, songwriter, businesswoman, and actress, the electric lady herself, Janelle Monet. I love me some Janelle Monet, Corey. And she's starring in that new movie, Antebellum, right now. We know many of you have seen it. Corey, so, you know, we love some Janelle Monet, friend to the show, but this time, um, one of the things she talked about with us, you guys, that I think is so important that we have to be talking about is how annoying it is for Black women to feel like they have to cape for everyone. Wear that cape, right, Corey? Tie it tight and really just be superhuman for the world and especially for America. And we don't always feel that love back. So we need to talk about uh, how we take our capes off. Can we can <laughs> talk about uh, when America doesn't feel the same way about us? Breonna Taylor in this this outcome, but I, we recognize the pain and we're in it, but I totally agree with you, like caping and caping so much. One thing I will say that I have loved about being in the pandemic, and I've, I've kind of seen other people talk about this, actually, it, the, the thought of it first came to me. I was listening to a um, Apple, Apple Radio has an Africa Now station, and DJ Cuppy, she hosted uh, she was interviewing Tiwa Savage, who is a huge Nigerian star, a huge, you know, huge Nigerian star. And she was saying how the pandemic has forced her, because she's been at home so long, mm-hmm. to kind of look at herself. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And deal with herself. And it's sort of like, you know, uh, Janelle Monet kind of talked about that briefly before we, we hit record. But she, but going back to Tiwa, she was like, this is the first time she's been around herself to like voice things. And I realized going to my experience in the pandemic and caping, I realized it's okay for me to be like, I'm tired right now, y'all. Like, yeah, I Corey's need a break. good for a nap. Corey's good for a midday I nap. need to like, I've been up. I've been, I've been giving y'all y'all hours. I've been answering your emails. I've been putting, you know, putting up your stories. And I'm even talking specifically about my day job, but I was like, I need a nap right now. So you know what I've been doing, Charlie Penn? Napping. Napping. I'll put in the slack, going to lunch. I've already eaten my lunch. I've already eaten my lunch as I've been online right now. (laughs) And I go in the room, I close the door, I set my timer for 20 minutes, Uh and I take a good old sleep. And you know what I love about it even more? How many times have you been, and and y'all tell us, how many times have y'all been at work and y'all get sleeping? You're like, I wish I could just go home and take a nap. Yeah. But you can't because you're at work. Usually after lunch. When that yeah. food gets in the gut yeah. and you're but like, ooh. For See. those of us who can work from home or have been able to work from home, take naps. Mm-hmm. Take naps. I'm here. What about you, Charlie? What is, what, you know, I know I kind of went around the world with that, but that's how I kind of, that's how I've been like taking off my cape for five minutes. Well, no. actually 20 minutes. Corey, a nap is everything. And I have to admit, I was napping pretty hard in the early pandemic days. And one of the things I did that I never do is I completely turned everything off. Like I fell asleep naturally. Cause I, Love when I really think about it, like I usually fall asleep to the TV, you know, pass out on my laptop, <laughs> all of these normal busy woman things. But when the pandemic really started, I would just cut the TV off, everything, no music. 
and just lay on the couch and look out the window and let it take me. And it would take me. So I'm curious how you guys nap. What's your nap style? Also, I need a good blanket, but I'm pro naps. And if you're not napping, what is that little bit of thing that you're doing to find your peace? Like what, what, you know, what are you doing? Cause Janelle Monet, she talked about that a lot. Like she talked about what she's doing to center herself through it all. Oh, I should tell you though, Corey, completely random, but Karma discovered that she's into smooth jazz. Did I tell you guys that? So that's how she finds her peace. <laughs> like Kenny G smooth jazz? Like soulful. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, but more modern, you know. But so more modern. Okay. A bit, okay. you know, Spotify gave us a moment. No, but I had read the article about your dog likes music, just figure out which kind. So I was going through the playlist and that jazz came on, honey. And she just, she self-cared. So everybody, she, like, did she turn around in little circles and then she got in her little her groove? Yes. And- if the dog lays down when the music is loud, that means they like it. And if they don't like it, they'll keep walking around. Damn, I wish fact. I had an animal to test some things. Yeah. My friend's, cat, my friend's cat, like 70s disco. But anyway, look. <laughs> no, but seriously, I was, I was saying all that to say, for me, it's also a playlist. Because I realize music is my happy place. And we've talked about this a lot with like the verses and everything. But when I when I say that, I mean, I now make sure that my break, because for me, stop caping means stop thinking so hard about everything I have to do. My to-do list, you know, my emails, mounting, you know, respons- adulting responsibilities. And when I turn on music, I'm gone. Like I just sing along. And that is me taking my cape off for a second to just get into that Stevie Wonder while I'm doing the dishes or that Beyonce while I'm cleaning or that Anita when I'm doing laundry. You know what I mean? No, I totally feel you. Um, it's funny today I uh, tweeted out that I needed India Sean, who's this new, um, newish, he's been around a minute, artist that our music editor, uh, Kevin Clark, K. Hey Cavito, put me on to. But I was sharing with Tiffany Ashate, our wonderful EP and pod mom, that I take my music breaks with this new Burner Boy album, and particularly this song, Onika Baby. Hold on, let's see Uh-oh, if I can. Corey's gonna give us a musical break, y'all. You hear that? See, just right there, it takes me like, there's another world. I could go somewhere right now with my brain. I'm gonna give y'all two more seconds. So, y'all, yeah, Charlie, you ain't never lied. A music break, and I just play it one song. I give myself a little shake. I'm not shimmy, and then I'm able to just go back in. So, but you know why, Corey? Because you kind of turned your mind off. Because for me and you, I think we have that in common. We are Kendra's sister. We escape in the music. Like if I'm playing it, I'm in it. I'm listening to it. I'm singing it. I'm dancing and I'm not thinking about all those other things. So that's my little small form of resistance. For you, it's naps. You guys tell us using hashtag guest girl podcast. How do you get the hell away from it all? How do you take off the cake and send it to the dry cleaner? <laughs> Just send it out of the house. Out of the house. Bye. Go. Let us know. Hashtag guest girl podcast and get into this episode with Janelle Monet. Pan, we have a friend back to the show. Friend to the friend show. to the show. Friend to the pod. Friend to friend to the brand. Friend to yeah. everything. Welcome, Janelle Monet. Hey, boo. 
Hi, my loves. Look, I'm moving stuff around because I was already like directing. And yes, right. I was like, you know what? We cannot have an air conditioner in the back. Um, not right now. Giving Hi. us an experience. Hi, love. I'm so happy to finally be on this show and talking to you guys. I love y'all. We love thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we're just going to jump right in because we're here to talk to you about your new movie. It was the last movie I saw in a theater. I mean, it was a screening, mm -hmm. but I saw Antebellum in a little cute little screening room in Tribeca. So for the people who don't know what Antebellum is about, because it is insane uh, in a good way, but tell us what Antebellum is about. So I play Veronica Henley. Uh, I am a successful author who finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality where I have to confront the past, the present, and the future before it's too late. When I read the script, I was like, this can happen. This can happen. With the president that we have. Oof. Come on, Seth. With, with, with a party that is supporting him mm -hmm. through racist policy, this could absolutely become our reality. And that's what made me say yes because I felt a deep responsibility as a human, as a black person, uh, as an American, mm -hmm. to connect the dots of the past, the present, so that we won't have this future, won't have this become a reality. I think this film does, does a, a good job at connecting those dots because there's no way to talk about white supremacy or talk about systemic racism without talking about chattel slavery. It's all connected. During the civil, and there's no way to talk about even police brutality and defund the police or abolish the police without talking about slavery. It was through racist policy that the first institution of policing, which is known as the slave patrol in the South was formed. Going and, back to the, the way the, the star. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All of that, yeah. The yeah, sheriff, and, you know, the history. Yes, the sheriff. So it was it was it wasn't meant built on protecting the people. It was meant built on terrorizing and murdering black folks who wanted to revolt or who ran away. Um and 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 that was written into law. So when we're screaming abolish the police, I understand we understand that and not saying that these are your views, but it's my view. I understand that we can't survive a system that was built to traumatize and ter terrorize us. Like we're gonna always have to live in fear. And by just existing being black, there, there is terrorism happening. So yeah, so I just, I wanted to keep the conversation going. Some of these folks will know these things. Us, I may be preaching to the choir with, with some, of, some of it. Um, it's, it's triggering. That's so deep. And, and I know recently uh, we have a piece with you now um, where we did a vid another video interview with you, another reporter. And I loved you. You made a comment that this movie is also about humanizing black women. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about that because there was these really as, as horrifying as this film is. Um, there was some really there are some really beautiful moments as you talk about the work that our ancestors have done where you're on the other side of it. Um, but but yeah. let's talk a little bit more about yeah. humanizing black women on screen in Antebellum. 
Yeah, you know, I think when we think about what happened, you know, to our ancestors and the history books not telling us that black women's lives as enslaved people being forced to come to America, it wasn't that they were just taking or enslaving folks. These folks had dreams and aspirations. They were stealing nurses, doctors, artists, architects, musicians, um, wives, mothers, daughters, uh, people that mattered, people that, 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 that had purpose and, and just thinking, thinking about it and thinking how robbed we've been of some of that genius, even though there's so much black genius out there, there was more. And so it was important to make sure that this character, Veronica Henley, who is the successful author and a pillar in her community, that you saw that, that you saw her being a mom. You saw her questioning, you know, is she being wife enough or mother enough? Um, and you saw her with her girls. You saw them drinking wine. You see them drinking wine. You see them um, really One of just my like, favorite scenes when Gabrielle. <laughs> Yeah, never read that waiter like, no, you're gonna move us here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. all that. go ahead. Exactly. Yes, this film deals with microaggressions too. Like it puts it, it puts it all on the table. That was another yes for me, you know, an opportunity to to really say, okay, I'm gonna highlight the work that our ancestors did and the work that black women are doing right now, like Representative, you know, Maxine Waters, Angela Rye. Um, Patrice Colas, all of the women who, who started and founded Black Lives Matter, uh, Angela Davis, Asada Shakur, Brittany Packnett, like this film centers Black women and shows what it's like for Black women to carry that burden of dismantling white supremacy every single day. And globally, I wanted people to know about that. And um, yeah, I, I, I just think that we have to humanize Black women, I, I used to say, you know, I used to go with that narrative, like black women are superheroes. And I, I, I think we deserve peace. Mm -hmm. We deserve peace. We shouldn't have to carry that burden and keep caping for a country that doesn't cape for us. Like it shouldn't be on black women to do that. Yet we need to save ourselves and we do that. We need to save our community. We do that. And, and, but it, but it shouldn't be. And we, we need to be able to cry when we want to, shit, get naked when we want to. Like I'm looking, for, I'm looking for that freedom to where we don't have to look over our shoulder and think, is somebody going to attack us or victim blame us when we're walking in, in our agency? And speaking of things we haven't seen, it's been, you know, I know as an um, entertainment enthusiast, seeing the way Black entertainers, actors are really changing the face of horror and the horror genre, mm -hmm. right? With yeah. movies like Antebellum, Get Out, Us, now Lovecraft Country. But for us, it's also complicated because these were our realities. And in so many ways, this it, what is a horror for the viewer was a reality, yeah. you know, for our mm -hmm. ancestors. So what was it like for you acting these moments out with that knowledge in your mind that, you know, it is horror, but so mm -hmm. real? Yes, it's our reality. Yeah, your your entertainment, your horror is our actually yeah our, our everyday reality, and that's why it, it wasn't an easy yes for me. Like I, I went back and forth a lot with this film, 
Um, because I mean, I'm, I'm a person, I still haven't watched what happened to George Floyd. I still su support and I'm screaming and I'm black lives matter and I'm telling the world, you know, and I'm angry and upset about it. And I'm, you know, marching for, for, for him and for so many, but you know, it, it it's tough seeing our trauma and seeing what has happened, seeing us victimized and seeing, you know, seeing, seeing that brutality. Um, as an actor, though, I had to honor the truth. I had to be truthful about what is actually happening. I mean, like most people, when something comes across your timeline where, you know, one of us, another one of us is killed at the hands of police, we make that decision. Should we repost it? You know, mm -hmm. should we, but shouldn't we, we have to let people know like this is happening. Wake up. Like we gotta, we gotta, we gotta. Yeah. And so I go back and forth about it. Ultimately though, I just, I trusted my spirit. And when I was doing, doing some of the work, like we had to film some of the scenes on the plantation. Um, I never set, set foot on the plantation before, never wanted to. Um, you know, I, it's just, it was just too painful and, and, and angry. And I knew and were that you I was, rolling on New Orleans. Were you in, yeah, New we were in New Orleans? Yeah. I was eating a lot of gumbo and, you know, I, I was able to go home, yeah. right, after filming. But thinking about my ancestors, they were not. They were not able to go to a home that they wanted mm. to. So that's what kept me going. I said, okay, how can I highlight that experience to the best? Because even, even in this film, you don't actually get an opportunity to see exactly um, what, what was happening to our ancestors. Um, so I was really thankful for some of the other lighter moments where I was with Gabby yeah. and with my girls and with my family and you just seeing me smile, you know, seeing me happy, seeing me celebrated, seeing me in my element, you know, doing my shit. And that, that helped, that helped balance off those heavier moments. It's interesting you bring that up, Janelle, yeah. because when, cause again, like I saw it early, Charlie just saw it you know, uh, as, mo as most people are going to see it, um, yeah. you know, in their homes. And Charlie, I don't mean to put your business out there, but Charlie said those exact words. She's like, Corey, that was triggering. Yeah. But for me, how I walked out of the theater, and I don't think it's a matter of like, I saw it in a theater or not, but how yeah. I took it was, I just, it, it encouraged me to like know my history more. Mm. And that's something that one thing of this moment we're having this this with racism being so upfront it's mm -hmm. forced me to relearn my mm -hmm. history and mm -hmm. actually relearn it and teach my daughter it correctly yeah um, but i know charlie you want to jump in because i know for charlie she was just like yeah. you know good but she yeah and, and i'll tell you why i did so but i'll charlie, tell you yeah. why janelle in a good way because yeah good you know, as we follow this election and mm -hmm. the hate that is festering in this country yeah. and almost being used as currency, right? And yeah. like, you know, for so, for the last four years, it's been, you know, blue, red. This is love, hate now, right? And yeah. this movie really made me think about what it could look like in 2020 and beyond for yeah. hate to take center stage again. Yes. In race relations and what women like ourselves who mm -hmm. are using our voice to inspire mm -hmm. other women, what mm -hmm. that world could look like for us and the threat that could be out there. And I yeah. was shook. <laughs> yeah.
So this, this film talks a lot about silencing of black women, because that is a real thing. There are tactics, there are scare tactics from, you know, even if it's on Twitter, if it's on the, the hate mail, the emails, um, there's so many different ways that they're trying to silence uh, black women. And this, this was just an opportunity to highlight that and to encourage us that we are not alone. It's a movement of us that will be right there to back you up. So don't, don't, don't feel scared in this moment. Don't feel scared. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of conversation right now, Janelle, around rest being part of the resistance, mm-hmm. self-care being the mm-hmm. resistance, and winning and success mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. the resistance. Mm-hmm. So right now, how do you resist? And how are you practicing rest and self-care with so much for us to fight for right now? Yeah, that's real. It's tricky. It's a, it's a, it's a tight rope. It's a real, um, it's a tight rope because <sighs> you want to show up for people. You feel like you got, and, and you can't physically touch and be places, right? So you spend a lot of time online. So one of the things I've been doing is like just admitting when I, when I just have had enough and I can't be there because I can't be there for everybody right now. Mm-hmm. I need to get strong. I need to get centered. If I'm weak, how can I help? I'm, I'm fatigued. I'm not even operating in my right mind and my right spirit. So I've been, I've been allow, giving myself grace in those area, areas and allowing myself um, to just remember that, uh, you know, this is not going to change. is not going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. And the tricky thing is like, we don't even know how much energy we're going to need to fight whatever comes our way. Cause we don't even know what's about to come. Right. So it's like, you're, I'm pacing myself, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm, I've, I've been talking to friends and we've been talking about this concept of like, stealing joy for yourself, finding moments of joy, uh, finding moments that make you happy. I don't care if it's, shoot, if it's, if it's whatever it is, a joy break. finding, joy right. Break. Finding, finding that joy. That's, that's an act of, um, uh, what did you call it? Resistance. Resistance. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going, you won't steal my joy. Mm-hmm. You won't still, I won't, I won't use all my time fighting you. I'm going to use, I'm going to use this time pouring into myself. Honestly, we just learned something that, um, well, I didn't know, like the Black Panther Party during the height of their, you know, their activity, they had instituted like daily yoga. Mm -hmm. Oh, like for years, because Mm -hmm. they were like, we're over here fighting the fight, but we like turn inward. Yes, you got to go inward. Yeah. And, I, and I also have a, a person that I talk, a, a friend that I talked to who is like an emotional life coach, um, which, is, which has been very helpful because I'm not keeping everything inside my, my own head. I, I, since I've been, I want to say like in middle school, high school, I've dealt with anxiety. And uh, I didn't know that's what it was called growing up because I didn't have a therapist. We didn't have the money to go, you know what I'm saying? To really see like, what is wrong? Why, why are you running in the bathroom hiding, you know, at parties? Because you think people are not going to show up to your party, you know, like crying, like, oh my God. And then like, also when you stay in, when you're in, in this quarantine, you really have, 
you're forced to go inward. And so I've been healing too. I've been on this uh, journey of healing from like um, rejection, abandonment issues that I didn't even know I had. You know, my dad um, was in and out of my life growing up because he had a substance abuse problem. He was sick and he was in and out of jail and, and he's sober now. He's incredible. He's my best friend. But not having him a part of my life was was something that you know because I had so much love around me my mom and my family like I had love but that was still something that bothered me that was still something I buried and they say what you bury will grow right I agree so now this seriously thank you for this important conversation and I I do want to end by asking you as we've all done this more of this inner work right because we've been with ourselves more ever what have you personally learned in 2020 about your black womanhood as a lesson that you can share with other young black women? Um, well, you know, I'm a, here's the thing. I'm going to always stand with black women. I do consider myself to live outside the binary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel my masculine, my feminine, my everything in between. And I just, when it comes to gender, my mind is, so just like out out there but i will always stand with black women i will always because the the amplification of our stories and who we are needs to be huge all the time you know that we're, we're part of a marginalized community not only are we fighting and black women are fighting against uh racism it's sexism yeah. so you know i learned that there is a spectrum mm-hmm. and there is we we are just so many things so I have learned that it is so important to lean on each other way more than we have. I think black women have such a wonderful way of holding each other accountable in a loving way. Um, just understanding without even speaking, without even uttering a word, um, what, what we're experiencing. Um, and I learned that it is going to be important that we steal our steal peace that we steal joy that we find those things um because we deserve those things mm-hmm. we deserve that we deserve that freedom and um you know my hope is that uh, I, 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 black women are owed so much and at the very least peace peace is what what i want for us give her Thank a mic to drop because that was it can we get some peace Listen. Come on, America. Peace. Can we just get a little bit of peace? Some motherfucking peace. Okay. Motherfucking just a little bit. Just a bit. Damn. Serious. Seriously. Thank you, Janelle. Thank you, Janelle. Thank you. Thanks to our guest, Janelle Monet. Be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes Girl, such as our conversations with Raphael Sadiq. Kelly Rowland, Regina King, and Fantasia. You can check out our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, and Google Play. And while you're there, be sure to rate us and review us. See you next week. Bye.